The time is 8.19, just hearing about the air pollution there. And actually, right now, the conditions in central Seoul are, are, are very good. So we're about to see them get a lot worse in quite a short period of time. Yet we all have to take breaths of air, don't we? Um, still, some of us don't bother doing much to protect ourselves beyond that. Um, when it comes to other murky health effects, for example all the radiation all around us, the radiation from, say, cell phones or wireless earbuds. How worried should we be? Concerns have been rising in the US over reported harmful effects. Some experts aren't worried, but we do have Professor Joel Moskowitz from the School of Public Health at UC Berkeley on the line to tell us more. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, Thank you for asking me. Now, just straight off the bat here, how certain can we be on this on this subject at this point? Well, particularly in the past three years, we've had substantially more evidence in, published in peer-reviewed journals that exposure to wireless radiation of all forms uh, can cause cancer as well as neurological disorders and reproductive harm, including infertility, miscarriage, and effects on the fetus. Specifically with regard to uh, wireless earbuds or AirPods, as Apple calls them, um, there's very little research that deals uh, w- with the technology, that the types of, of radiation that those, those devices emit, which is called Bluetooth. Um, in fact, I could only find two studies, and both of them looked at short-term effects on hearing. So the health effects of long-term exposure to this form of radiation have not been studied, but we do have a significant amount of um, toxicology research, animal research, suggesting that there are, there are likely to be long-term effects from exposure to this form of radiation, just as there is from cell phones and other forms of wireless radiation, such as Wi-Fi. Yeah, now, actually back in 2016, you were already warning then that AirPods could cause brain damage. You said then that we were playing with fire. What was it at that point that led you to f- feel that? Were you going on data or, or gut instinct? No, there were, even then there was a substantial amount of evidence. We're talking about hundreds if not thousands of studies showing effects from uh, low levels of exposure to microwave radiation, which is what these devices emit. Uh, also, I was quite surprised to find that the AirPods specifically have a very high exposure uh, to the humans, even though the emissions in Bluetooth are maybe 10 to 100 times less than from a cell phone. Uh, the exposure measure, which in the U.S. or in, in, in Korea is called the specific absorption rate, is actually quite high from the AirPods, uh, and it actually exceeds many of the uh, cell phone uh, specific absorption rates, such as those many of the phones that Samsung manufacturers are are actually lower uh, for the cell phones than they are for the AirPods. So uh, this came as quite a surprise to me, uh, and when I was asked about it, I did raise some concerns. Uh, now, it, after the research in the past couple of years, I have much uh, greater concerns. In addition. Uh, It's not just me or a handful of scientists raising these concerns about radiofrequency radiation. 
the International Agency for Research on Cancer in 2011 said that radiofrequency radiation was possibly carcinogenic. And I suspect if that agency were to uh, re-review the research at this point in time, uh, they would declare uh, radiofrequency radiation as as carcinogenic uh, based upon the current research. Because in the past two years, uh, we've had two major studies finally published results showing conclusive evidence that microwave radiation can cause cancer in rats. One was a fairly high exposure, but the other one was a quite was quite a low exposure in terms of the specific absorption. Yes, I remember discussing that study on the show. The, the, the thing is, we, we constantly hear the counter-argument that we are talking about non-ionizing radiation with cell phones and earbuds and that sort of thing. So what would be the mechanism for causing cancer? Uh, the mechanism, uh, much of the research suggests it's, it's, it's an indirect effect of, of oxidative stress. Uh, some of the research suggests that it's the calcium channels that are opened up from the signal, uh, which has to do more with the variability of the signal than it has to do with the power level of the signal. Uh, and when the calcium channels open up, it creates uh, what are known as uh, superoxides and nit- nitric oxide. Uh, these free radicals then tend to lead to uh, stress proteins and can lead to DNA damage. We have quite a few studies showing evidence of DNA damage from these, from exposure to low-intensity uh, forms of wireless radiation. So it's it's a misnomer to think that simply because it's non-ionizing, it can't cause DNA damage in cancer. Right. In fact, much of the the cancer effects due to ionizing radiation are due to these kinds of indirect effects. They're not the direct effect of the ionizing radiation on on the molecules or atoms. Yeah. I mean, Professor Moskovitz, I certainly bow to your knowledge on that over my own. Um, and, and personally, I just feel uncomfortable with the the idea of these wearables anyway. I don't like the idea, you know, regardless of the evidence, I just don't like the idea of having wireless earbuds constantly in my ears. Uh, and people for years have been wearing these Bluetooth headsets that uh, also they've kept attached to their heads constantly. And, and if anyone's listening who does that, you might want to to consider the evidence that Professor Moskovitz is speaking about here. If I can ask you, though, also to listen to this, Professor Kenneth Foster from the Department of Bioengineering at the University of Pennsylvania, uh, we got in touch via email. Um, He said there's not much of a controversy. Um, He did say that he doesn't want to tell people what they should or should not worry about, that that they should make their own choices. But he said, to his knowledge, uh, the health agency have issued no warnings about the device. I don't see any reason for them to do so, at least with respect to radiation exposure issues. Um, And and he gave us a, a series of other claims Uh, about wearables just being on the rise and that people are concerned about the limits. The conversation has been going on for a long time, but health agencies around the world continue to say that major international limits protect against all known hazards of radio frequency energy. Uh, Professor Moskovitz, what would your immediate response to that kind of counter-argument be? Uh, I have an... Yeah. I mean, Professor Foster tends to focus on the uh, exposure levels being low, and that that's a, a measure of security, and the fact that the current exposure levels set by the Federal Communications Commission in the U.S. or the ICNIRP uh, internationally, although although Korea follows the FCC guidelines, 
were actually adopted in 1996 based upon recommendations from industry-funded scientists and engineers like Kenneth Foster, who has largely been funded by industry. So I would maintain he has a conflict of interest uh, in defending guidelines that were designed only to protect us from these short-term heating risks. And yet we now have hundreds of studies showing harmful biologic and health effects from long-term exposure to low levels of microwave radiation that have nothing to do with heating. So the guidelines clearly need to be updated to protect us from these effects. Uh, and as I started to say earlier, I'm, it's not just a handful of scientists that are saying this. There is, in fact, 247 scientists from 42 nations, all who have published peer-reviewed research on electromagnetic fields and biology or health, totaling over 2,000 papers in professional journals that have called for stronger exposure limits both internationally and nationally, uh, 15 of the scientists who signed this international EMF scientist appeal, and there's a website, emfscientist.org, are from Korea and are at major universities in Korea. So there's a worldwide concern about the current standards that have been adopted by various uh, health agencies. And in fact, one could make a strong argument that governments have huge conflicts of interest because they're making considerable amount of money off of this technology. In the U.S., just in the past uh, two months, uh, the Federal Communications Commission has collected over $1.6 billion from the industry uh, from auctioning off part of the electromagnetic spectrum. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge amount of money, Professor Moskowitz. We have to leave it there, but thank you for making your case compellingly.